0: First time in the last couple of days, we are going over a short series on um, critical theory, um, which I think is a very difficult thing to kind of get your mind wrapped around because it just it doesn't deal with with merely a definition. Well, here's what critical theory is: it is an entire worldview. It is a lens through which you interpret all of life. As we've said y- yesterday, it's. Christianity explains creation, fall, redemption, glory. Um, how do we get here? What's wrong with the world? How does it made right? And where's this story going? Critical theory does the same thing.
1: Can I just jump in very quickly and just say that I think there's been at least in Idaho, I've been fascinated by this. Um, this came out um, because of some of the legislative bills that have come through um, with regard to defunding things and challenging um, some educational um, "quote unquote" practices. Um, That people began to say, well, critical race theory isn't a thing. You actually have many superintendents in the area saying, basically, I've never heard of it, therefore it doesn't exist, Mm -hmm. which was absolutely fascinating to me because I've never wanted to publicly put out my ignorance before people, and they willingly did that. Because that is the most asinine thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Because I've never heard of it, and I had to Google it, therefore it's not a thing. Well, that's, that's not how ideologies and worldviews work. Most yeah. of the time, I mean, I don't wear a button that says to people, I'm a Christian, and I perceive all life through a Christian worldview. I'm interacting with people every day. Some of which I might engage in a conversation where I publicly and and directly say my worldview, but probably 85% of the people I interact with on a day-to-day basis wouldn't know from my mouth that I'm a Christian with regard to that I'm not saying up front, oh, by the way, everything that I'm going to say to you comes from my Christian worldview, and that's the exact same thing that's happening in our culture today. People aren't saying, oh, I'm going to impose critical race theory upon you. There are some that are doing that, but the vast majority of people have embrace critical race theory or critical theory without even knowing yeah. that that's what they're promoting it's
0: the, it's the ecosystem I that's mean, if, if you were raised in in university in the last decade yes this is the ecosystem that you have been thriving in
2: sure mm-hmm. and and by the way uh i went to university uh back in the 1970s and i was exposed to critical theory it's mm-hmm. been around a long time Uh, It's just that now it's becoming because graduates have been churned out of the universities now for so long. And I will say it wasn't it wasn't as pervasive in the university then as it is now. Mm -hmm. But still, the seed, the seeds have been being planted for a long time. Well, and and it's not
1: it wasn't used to didn't used to be as aggressive. So now it's not acceptable
2: well, for there others are others to
1: reject are. it or to not
2: embrace it. Yes. If, um, if you don't embrace it, you're a racist or you're a sexist and, and or, well, or a you If
3: you think about you know, history anyway, uh, we as a, a nation have been living on the reservoirs of uh, former Christians. We've been living on that reservoir for a long time in terms of our worldview. But while we've been living on a reservoir of the past, we haven't really embraced the past. We just, we haven't embraced the things that created that worldview. Mm -hmm. Um, You have people, for instance, you have people moving into, you know, a conservative Idaho because they, they don't like what's happening in their state, but they're actually bringing their worldview with them. And so people who are living on the reservoir, they've, they have a different worldview, and now that worldview is interpreting
0: for the next generation. Yeah. 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 And um, that's, you know, again, I want to plug this book up. We plugged it, I think, yesterday. Nancy Pierce, she wrote a book called Total Truth. If you want to understand how worldviews work, you need to get this book. I mean, just for instance, naturalism, the worldview of naturalism, the idea that there's only a, a material universe, there's no spirit, that naturally and necessarily <laughs> lead, leads to nihilism. Because if there is nihilism, no – Nihilism. Nihilism. If there is no transcendent meaning to my life, then life is meaningless, which is what nihilism teaches. us. And so mm-hmm. these things, if you're in that stream, you're going to go over that waterfall at some point. Okay, so we've talked about what sin is in critical race theory. Let's talk a little bit about re- what redemption is. We started this yesterday, the idea of social justice, but we didn't get to finish that thought. So social justice in the critical theory world means equal outcomes. So biblical mm-hmm. justice is, is obeying God and doing what God's word says. Social justice is, well, you, you know you've achieved justice if there are equal outcomes. Now, what's wrong with that thought? What's wrong with that end? Well, it
3: doesn't take into account of personal responsibility. You know, in, in the Christian life, you know, you can be no more justified before God than I can. If I'm justified and forgiven of my sins and declared righteous before God, and you are—you can be no more justified. But there is a what we would call a sanctification process, where we become we become more and more like Christ. There's a you know each and every day we need to be um, as Ephesians uh, four twenty four talks about. We need to be putting off the old self and the former way of life uh, and its corrupt. Um, deceitful desires and be renewed in the spirit of our minds and put on the new st- self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. As justified believers, we are moving further and further, deeper and deeper into true righteousness and holiness, true knowledge and holiness. And this is what we don't recognize when we say we're looking for these equal outcomes. Um, we realize that God is dealing with us on a personal level and there's personal responsibility, and in this regard, um, we may grow at different rates.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, let's reemphasize that the Old Testament prophets, I'm thinking particularly of Amos, and, and, but there are others uh, among the prophets who called for justice for the poor, who exposed uh, the, the oppression uh, and wickedness of the rich who were oppressing the poor and not paying fair wages but and they weren't just real quick. they
0: weren't oppressing them simply because they were rich in other words their being rich wasn't evidence of oppression per se yeah,
2: exactly exactly but they were calling for for justice but justice did not mean equality of outcomes mhm justice didn't mean that the rich were somehow evil just because they're rich mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or that the poor were somehow virtuous just because they're poor yeah. mm-hmm. um, or that the expectation was everybody has exactly the same. That was never a part of it. And, and by the way, nobody in, in the 20th century, nobody tried harder than the Marxists to have a per- perfectly equitable society. Look at the old Soviet Union look at communist china they were willing to kill millions in order to get to equality Mm -hmm. equity is the trendy term now Mm -hmm. where everybody has the same they were willing to kill millions and they never achieved it uh there was always rich there was always poor that's not the answer
0: and part of that is because that's how god designed the world I'm, I'm not saying he designed the fall. What I'm saying is is that God doesn't have this idea that uh, in order for him to be just, that everybody has to have the same stuff. I mean, in the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25, the whole premise of the story is, okay, I'm going to give you five talents. I'm going to give you three talents. I'm going to give you one
1: or or some variation of that. Yeah.
0: They don't start out with the same.
1: Right. And I think it's important to note that talents are not your skill sets. The talents in the Bible in that parable is money. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's a financial mm-hmm. issue, not a I have this ability level, I can do this well and this person was given lots of talents and abilities, this one was given kind of mediocre and this one was given very few. This is one was given more money, this one was given less and this was given even even less money. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, one one of the original Marxists was Judas Iscariot. When Mary uh, wasted, air quotes, that, you know, that uh, perfume bottle on Jesus, he was indignant and he said, you know, this money could have been used on the poor. In other words, Mm -hmm. we we could have spread the wealth wealth a little bit more even. And Jesus said something very profound. He said, the poor you will always have with you. That does not alleviate our responsibility to be merciful to the poor, especially as churches, especially as Christians. We should be very generous. Jesus gave everything when he came down from heaven. He left aside the riches of heaven, became poor for our sake so that we might become rich. So we've ne- we never lose our, our responsibility to be generous. However, we can give away everything that we have, and we'll never fix the, the solution of poverty, this side of glory.
2: Sure. And none of us is saying, by the way, that we don't work toward a more just society where everybody has an equal opportunity. I mean, the sad truth about our society is that there's a lot of, there's a lot of children born into, into, even in the United States of America, there's a lot, a lot of children born to use a baseball analogy. They're, they're born with two strikes against them and a broken bat. And I was born, you know, into a Middle class, working class family uh, where I had a stable home and education was emphasized, and th- that was a blessing to me that I didn't earn that my parents gave me. And so, yes, we work, and, and Christians should be a part of working toward a more equal society where everybody gets an equal opportunity. But while acknowledging we're never going to get to equality of outcomes. Uh, as, I, as I said earlier, uh, the, the communists tried harder than anybody else, and they were willing to kill millions to get it and never, never achieved it. I think it's just helpful
1: to have a, a biblical view of, of, of money or wealth. What I possess is not mine because I've, I've tried to take it from someone else what i have i've received from god right it's not mine to manipulate it's not mine to see this as there are only limited resources and i'm going to do whatever i need to do in order to acquire as much as i possibly can you're not going to find that um that view in in the scriptures and the scriptures are going to say that all that we have comes from god's fatherly hand mm-hmm. And then as we receive that, we receive that with the idea of helping those that have not received as much. So a couple weeks ago we talked about um, Pentecost related to the Feast of Weeks. You're celebrating the harvest. It's interesting, at the end of that section, commanding the celebration of the, of the harvest, it says, and when you reap the harvest of your, of your land, you shall not reap the field right up to its edge, nor shall you gather the gleanings after you harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. So in this festival of celebrating the abundance that God has given, he's saying, and remember those that are, are less fortunate, remember mercy.
0: Amen. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next
2: time.